We're Minnesota. I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else, so I guess I'm officially Minnesota. Officially in Minnesota. Now. Yeah, just like me too. We are now a two billion dollar company. We're an ESOP, so we're we're a 100% employee owned company. Uh, we're one of the largest ESOPs in the world. That is interesting. Um, and we're also, even though we're a two billion dollar company, because of that, we also have that small distributor feel. So we're not selling. 3,000 contractors here in Minnesota, we're selling 300. So that's one thing that makes us a little different is that everybody from the president, CEO, down to the forklift driver pulling the order is all getting a percentage of that order. My name's Todd Darling, I'm with MacArthur Company. I've been with MacArthur on and off for the last 15 years. Uh, been in the business for a little over 30 years uh, in the building industry and uh, 22 years here in Minnesota. So um, got a little bit of experience on the road here and, yes. and, uh, and how things are, are done here. It's definitely a different, uh, a different state than some of the other areas I've worked in, Ohio, Tennessee, Georgia, um, you know, some uh, North Carolina, Virginia, or some of the other markets that I've, that I've done business in. And and uh, this has definitely been a very challenging market you, compared to those markets. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask. Would you say that Minnesota is a lot more challenging than the other states? Yeah, and, well, at least those states and at least in, in the product lines and what I was selling at the time, I, I, you know, still building materials exterior. At, at one point, I was working for Georgia Pacific, so we were selling a lot of uh, OSBs and panel, panel goods and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. I was trading lumber for a period of time for them before they were bought out by Blue Links. And um, again, different, different, different products than what I'm selling now. But I will say when I came here and took over this territory uh, for PrimeSource, um, I had worked in other markets with PrimeSource and this was, this was the second most underdeveloped territory because they couldn't really figure anybody out to get it to roll because it was very, uh, uh, very local, very mm -hmm. clannish. Um, people like, you know, if you're not from here, you know, they want Midwesterners, they want somebody mm -hmm. local, they want to buy local products. Um, you don't get as much of that on the East Coast. You get some of it, mm -hmm. um, you know, New York versus New Jersey or whatever, you know, some of that. But, but uh, for the most part, um, you, could, you could slip in and it didn't really matter where you were from. Um, Tennessee, it did a little bit only because I was from Ohio and so they, they still, they're still mad about the Civil War. <laughs> Even though they were on our side, they wanted to fight on the other side, apparently. So I don't know. I caught a lot of hell from them, but from those customers. But it was kind of funny when I lived in Tennessee. They, they'd give it, it's me... still to this day, huh? Yeah. They, they're holding that grudge. Too funny. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, coming here, it was very hard to break in um, with, with people. Um, I have so a feeling still to this, to this day... There's a degree of that, you know. I still have a feeling that, like, uh, in our state, our products and our whatever's kind of made here, whatever's in in our, you know, Midwest, it, it's like yep. it almost it gives you a. I don't know why though, and I don't know why that is, but it almost gives you like a foot in the door a little bit easier if you mention or if you say that it's a, a either a product or or a service or whatever it is that is a little bit closer than somebody from outside, and and I don't know why, but I. You know, to like how small the world really is, that still seems to be something that people are clinging to. Yeah, I see it a lot. You know, there's pro there's a lot of products, you know, like LP that's made mm -hmm. here locally and made um, in two harbors. It's mm -hmm. also made in Tomahawk. There's 
there's multiple window manufacturers, as you know. Marvin's mm -hmm. one of the biggest. You know, they're they're right uh, you know right out of north there, and the, and you've got um, Hayfield right out of Hayfield, mm -hmm. and you've got Thermatech out of you know St. Cloud, and um, you know there's just a lot of local window manufacturers. Um, and then most of the other window manufacturers are made in Ohio. Right. So it's like you, you, you've got these guys in Minnesota, and you've got a, a lot that are made in Ohio or Canada, mm -hmm. uh, the vinyl, vinyl ones for the most part. So, um, so yeah, I think it, it does. There's so many options. Why not limit it to, the, to local, right? Mm -hmm. You buy here. You buy local. You right. support local. You support, you support local jobs. You yeah. support local economies. Yep. Um, and uh, you know you're you're not supporting the economy in Ohio or, or or you know out west or whatever. You're you're keeping things home. And I think there's a lot of that Midwestern. That's a lot of the Midwestern feel. You know, I grew up in Ohio, Truly. so I'm not banging Ohio. I can tell right. you that. But right. but I, but that, that's that Midwestern feel, and and there, and and that's that. Um, you know, family first and, and, and local first. Oh, yeah. And I think sure. that's, that's still a big thing here in Minnesota. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. So what got you into <clears throat> construction, kind of? How did you how did you land where you're at today? And, and, and you kind of mentioned Georgia uh, yeah. Pacific. And yeah. how, how did it all come about? <laughs> I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I, all, uh, that's all begins. All the good I, stories start with that. <laughs> I got fired. I got let go. I was uh, an insurance adjuster for... Nationwide insurance. So, like I okay. said, I grew up in Ohio. So, and, nationwide uh, was not on your side. Nationwide was well. <laughs> what I realized was nationwide was not on my client's side because, as I was doing homeowner claims at the time, the reason I got fired was I was I was closing too many claims. Okay. I was paying out too much, and even though they can't really say that's why I was fired, that that, that was why I was let go. Of course. Um. um performance issues or whatever it was <clears throat> so uh i got into that business because growing up in ohio nationwide out of columbus right mm -hmm. that's that's their headquarters i had contacts within my family that worked there and i was able to get an adjusting job but i had to be willing to move and so uh, that took me to virginia beach and about six months later um, you know, the, this had happened. I'd gone from doing auto claims to homeowner claims because I was more interested in the, the homeowner part of it. Um, going through school, I had an engineering degree, but I was always interested in architecture and that kind of stuff. So, um, so that kind of drove me towards that side of that, of that business. And then when I was let go, um, my, my job was, uh, I got in the paper and about a month later, I started at George Pacific uh, as one of their inside guys. And that got me into, um, there in Norfolk, Virginia, that got me into um, more of the building materials distribution. Now that's two-step distribution, so we wouldn't sell to contractors. We would sell to other distributors or outlets um, or manufacturers, as I said before, we did mm -hmm. panels and wood products and things of that nature. When they got bought out by Blue Links, <clears throat> they shut down a lot of their, um, prior to being bought out by Blue Links, they closed a lot of their uh, distribution facilities mm -hmm. and brought those all into um, two major uh, sales facilities um, and a hub of, uh, I think it was 18 distribution facilities across the country. So they, they kept specific ones and then they, they kind of had this distribution network set up where they could, where they would constantly run trucks. Uh, so they closed a lot of these sales facilities down and rolled the east, anything 
anything east of the Mississippi went into uh, Atlanta, Marietta, Georgia, and anything west went into Denver facility. And then about a year later, two years later, maybe after that, they sold to Blue Links, uh, private equity, private equity bottom, um, and Blue Links, but they became Blue Links distribution. GP kept all of their uh, manufacturing facilities. So they became strictly manufacturer. They got out of the distribution part of it. And then, and so at that point, um, I was kind of stuck <clears throat> where I was. Where to go? I wanted to be an outside sales. I mean, my next evolution would have been to go outside sales. That wasn't going to happen because we had so many people that had been combined into these two facilities. There, I was so far down the checklist. I mean, I was never going to be an outside sales rep for them. So um, I had a, 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 another friend of mine who had left and, and went to another company in Tennessee, Knoxville, called uh, Diamond Hill Plywood. And uh, they were just a small regional distributor. And they brought me in as an outside sales rep. And I took, we had 29 sales territories. My territory was the 28th. <laughs> the first year I was there, the second year I was there, I was number two. And, the, and then when I left my third year, I was number one. So I, got, I was wow. able to, to get it built up and then, then I left. <laughs> and I got my job with Prime Source because I, I raised some eyebrows in that market um, from the Prime Source guy, and he's like, "Dude, I got to get you out of here. You're killing me. You're because I was taking all that business away from Prime Source, mm -hmm. working for Diamond Hill Plywood, and um, and so Kenny Kenny McCaskill, still a good friend of mine, um, he he said, "I'm going to get you an interview with my boss. We're going to get you out of this market." I'm like, "Cool," because then it was going to be a regional manager, right? And I'm like, right. "Oh, okay, this is great. Yeah, that's the next next progression." So that brought me here to Minnesota in uh, September of 2000. Okay. And I've been here ever since. I met my wife in Virginia Beach during that uh, deal. Um, she moved with me to, to Marietta, back to Tennessee. Um, we had our first child in Tennessee, and then we moved here, and, and that's where we've been ever since. My, my daughter was six months old when we moved here. So. Oh, my God. So, yeah. That's, that's awesome. So, yeah. So, we've, we're Minnesota. I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else, so I guess I'm... Officially Minnesota. Officially in Minnesota. Now. Yeah, just like me too. Like you know, for the longest time, I was like, you know, hey, I'm from Bosnia, and then it's like, right, yeah, you know, it just kind of came in. It's like I'm just from Minnesota right now. Is that it's in just, Indiana? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> close, close, really close. You know? It's in that direction, right? So, um, so like, I mean, with MacArthur, we we rely on on a lot of stuff from you guys, uh, mainly sure. exterior products that that we um, are are sourcing from you guys. Um, uh, roofing is, is main and you and NS are kind of constantly, um, on that. And, um, yep. I would say just to start up with MacArthur, uh, what's the, what's the, what would you say like the main difference between MacArthur and some of the other suppliers? Well, so, I mean, the, so I've worked for other suppliers and, and, and I've, like I said, I've been in other states and I've seen how other suppliers conduct themselves and, and work. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the biggest thing that makes MacArthur different is we're we're not the 800-pound gorilla. We're we're we are now a two billion dollar company. Mm -hmm. We're an ESOP, so we're we're a 100% employee-owned company. Uh, we're one of the largest ESOPs in the world um, for that in that regard. That is, that is interesting. To um, just... So that's one thing that makes us a little different is that everybody from the president, CEO, down to the forklift driver pulling the order is all getting a percentage of that 
order. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it means more to them than maybe the guy that's just making 15 bucks an hour somewhere else. Um, this guy's making the 15 bucks an hour, plus he's getting that ESOP uh, payment as a, as a bonus uh, on every order. So, um, so it's, it really spreads, you know, depending on what we get equated at it. Each year we go through a, uh, through a, um, a um, audit yep. every year. They come in and they audit us and they, they say, here's how much the company's worth. Here's how many people you have. Here's how many shares you have. And here's how much each share is worth. Yep. And everybody gets a portion based on their earnings. Yep. So it's a really cool, uh, really cool um, bonus um, and a cool pay structure. So that does help to, again, it helps to bring everybody in as a team. So I feel like this is probably the, the best team, mm -hmm. top to bottom. To the, and, and we're also, even though we're a $2 billion company, because of that, we also have that small distributor feel. So we're not selling 3,000 contractors here in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. We're selling 300. Right. You know, it, it, you know <clears throat> to me, it felt like, obviously, as, as long as we have been around and, and our connection kind of came in an interesting time because by the time we, we, we haven't had a relationship with you yet. Um, Shauna came on board as we right. hired her, and then within that time, you somehow stumbled upon us as well, introduced yourself, and I'm like, okay, we'll give it a shot, but then I think as I had a conversation with Shauna, she's like, well, my husband works there. Yeah. You know, so then that- <laughs> He's that, our that, best driver. Yeah. I that, kid that you not. A, that made a connection with us right away, and yeah. then, you know, after we met you, and I mean, I really liked the- the part of honesty and the part of it, a lot of our, I, I think, um, our suppliers and, 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 and whoever we worked with, it was mainly on relationship and the honesty that we have with one another of like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And you're never trying to sell me up on something that I'm not looking for. Um, your, your approach on it is as well as like, you know, educate people mainly on what they're looking for, what, what the best product and application might be for certain things. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 you know, some of the things maybe is not what you like hearing, but it's what you need to hear. Yep. I appreciate you know? that. And, yeah. and that's the part that, that, you know, I really appreciate. And at the same time, I feel like there is, you <coughs> know, like I might have that relationship in other places with the sales rep, mm -hmm. but that doesn't translate all the way down to the bottom line to the delivery guy, which right. I feel like with you guys, you know, it does a lot more than anybody else. And even though you guys, I mean, when you say, you know, it truly shows, you know, where, where in other uh, uh, places, you know, there's no, accountability is not there. And I feel like um, with us, our clients ultimately are your clients as well. Absolutely. And that's the type of, you know, where, you know what I mean? Where it's like your delivery guy, you know. You're representing you. Exactly. We're representing you. Exactly. So. And it's not like on somebody just site. coming out and taking it and throwing it on a driveway and not caring, you know. Yep. Like, here's your delivery, you know. Hey, and everybody has a bad day. And I won't right. say that we haven't had complaints I'll about, you know, driver being crabby or something, you know. But, but nine times out of ten, I'll get calls about our driver saying, man, your guy was great. And I needed this extra stuff moved. And he went ahead and did it. Yes. And he knows other companies would not have done that. They'd be like, no, you have to call what's come back, you know. Right. And some of the material wasn't even our material, but right. they, our customer needed help. Our your installer or whoever yep. needed needed something moved to make the job progress, and we were able to do that. Right. And that decision was made right on the spot by our driver 
we tell our drivers, you make the decision. If you have the 10 minutes to move it, you do it. If there, yep. for some reason you don't, explain nicely, have them call your rep, yep. have them call the office, and we'll get somebody out there to take care of it for them. Exactly. No, I feel like that's like that one-up, you know, that just helps people um, to show that actually, you know, it's not so transactional. It's well, like, this is just my job, what I'm supposed to do. And anything outside of those norms is like, you know, too much to, to you know. Yeah, well, let's face people. it. Yeah, let's face it, though. What, what separates companies from each other in this industry? We all carry roofing. We all carry siding. We all carry insulation. We all carry whatever, you know, mm -hmm. decking and, and, and steel and all that. The only thing that's going to separate you is going to be um, attitude and following through with what you say. Right. I mean, service. And service is a huge part of that because... Um, we kind of pride ourselves on trying to be the best at, at giving service. And the reason we're able to do that is because of what I said earlier. We, we don't try to sell everybody. We can't be everything to everybody. Right. We're trying to be a good steward of the market and of your business. But we can't do that if we're just selling everybody whatever all the time. I, I don't think we can. I think, I think you get a much more honed in um, customer base and you're able to take care of those customers to the fullest of your extent. Whereas if you're trying to sell everybody, you're not servicing anybody properly, right. or right. you've got a handful of pet accounts that you only service them and everybody else is like, devil be damned. You know, right. you're not, you, you get it when you get it. And right. so I hear that a lot from, from another, other customers. Another, another interesting thing about you is like, you know, I feel like you're, you're a lot more vested in all of this and connected in so many different levels that when I found that out, it kind of blew me away. And, and as you started, you know, as you started talking about it, you know, I was like, oh, my God, Todd, this, this is just one of those other things that I need to be a member of. And it's just like, God, I, Todd, I don't yeah. have time for this. Like, you know, right. like that, that's what I wanted to I like answer. And I'm talking about Cam. Cam, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and, sure. And, and your involvement in, in that. Sure. And then I, I, I attended the, the first event. And I'm not going to, like, I literally, I attended it with hesitation, and I was like, why the hell am I doing this? Mm -hmm. I don't have time for this. I have estimates I got to do. I got people that, I, that are depending on this and this for me, and I got so much stuff in the office that I got to do, and not only am I taking my time, but now I'm dragging Ennis into it. I know he has <laughs> so many estimates that he's working on, he's and he always is like, dude, like, I don't have enough time. You know, you promised that. You know, it's usually like, right. you promised, and you expect right. me to deliver, and yeah. now we're going to this, so it's like, how are we going to do all of this, you know? And I'm like, it seems to be important. Let's go and let's look at it, and then I remember leaving that... Uh, I, I was, I, we, were, we were just about to leave and you're like, was it worth it? And I, 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 I remember I was like, uh, it was like this, this itself was <laughs> worth a lot more than I thought it would yeah. have. Thank you for this. Cause there was just so much information and so much thing that was said at that event that yeah. I never, I never was part of anything like that, that truly, I always feel like, like in this industry, there's not a lot of people who like, all you hear is horror stories about contractors, horror stories yep. about, you know, construction, horror stories about all yep. of this, that anybody actually cares or is trying to make, you know, we all certain was have that, you know, standard that we want to live by. And it's like, we, we offer this service to our clients at this and this and this, but it's like, it's all, you always hear negative and not a positive. And mm -hmm. at that place, there's like so many people that were like, we, here we are to help you with your business, help you with your 
you know, uh, uh, here are the legal things that are going to affect you in a way that you don't even know. Here's right. a help. Here's a help with an insurance company. Here's a help with with you know, new law that's coming down. I mean, so much oh. of it that is so beneficial. How did you get involved in that? Yeah. What made you be part of it? Boy, and and. Can you just? Yeah, you're going. I dumped a lot on you. No, but. this is great. No, I actually, it's a, it's a, it's a good story, and and I, I, I'll try to get the details right, but forgive me if I'm a little off on the years. That's okay. Uh, so 2007, 2008, we had big storm years, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, 2009 was when Cam started on the heels of. Uh, the reason I got involved, well, let's just go back. The, Cam was kind of. Uh, started by a lot of independent contractors, I think 19 at the beginning, um, had this meeting and there was a document um, called the 2010 Bulletin, right? And it had come out and it was basically saying, you know, this is when the contractor couldn't act as an adjuster and they're, 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 they're really coming down on contractors um, you know, talking about policy and all this kind of stuff, right? Which is still a thing today. Mm -hmm. Laws have been passed now. You can't, you can't be an adjuster. You can't have both licenses. Right. But this was kind of at the beginning of that. So that was why they got involved. Didn't really, didn't really you know, I, I was at the first meeting and I'm like, I don't know anything about this. I'm like, I'm lost. I have no idea why this even matters, you know. Um, this is way before my time. So way I, before. This was 2009. Like, so, so this is the time where GCs were acting or could yeah. act as yeah, a they, they, well, they, they, they not necessarily that they could, but just that there there was there was a lot of like they would guide the homeowner. There was more guiding. There was okay. more. There were more incentivizing. They were paying deductibles. There was all that kind of stuff kind of going on. Okay. Um, which so. Cam was really brought together to kind of fight that piece of legislation. Um, um, we had hired, um, oh, I forgot his first name, but Mo was his last name. Um, again, this was early on when I wasn't really mm -hmm. fully involved. I was just attending meetings. But what got me personally involved in it and what I wanted to see Cam do, during that 2009 and into 2010, there were a lot of my customers that were struggling to get paid from the insurance companies. Insurance companies were slow to pay the second check. They were very slow. You know, there, were, there was no time. Sometimes it'd be 90, 120 days. Well, as you know, cash flow in this industry is, is everything, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going into my customers like, well, first off, I'm having a very difficult conversation with them. Like, hey, thanks for your business, but where's our payment? It would be, it would be <laughs> Why so aren't we getting paid? paid be, yeah, I mean, I would be able to sell you more if you buy, yeah. if you actually pay for what you already bought, right? Yep. And, you know, so it was those kind of conversations that I was having with, with customers. And I'm like, man, what in the heck is going on here? You know, so a couple good friends of mine that are customers, we sat down and I said, let's go over your business. Like, how, what, 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 is, what is your cash flow? What's going on? I'm going to understand this. Yep. And after doing so, I realized that really the biggest thing that was hurting most of my guys, that they, they, it wasn't that they didn't want to pay, it's that they right. couldn't pay. Right. Because the insurance companies would drag their feet so much at the beginning, at the middle, at the end. Oh, my God. And homeowners were also keeping checks and signing stuff over and going on vacations and not paying their bills and blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. Yep. So I'm like, man, how in, why in God's name would anybody want to be in this business? Right. 
Right. So I kind of started to get involved with CAM on that aspect and say, well, what can we do to tighten up the, these, to help get paid quicker, help our customer, our, our contractor get paid quicker, protect the contractor from the homeowners that don't want to pay, protect the homeowners from the insurance companies that don't want to pay. Yeah. There, it's, it's, it's one begets the other, right? Oh it's a God, whole stream yeah. of, it's a litany of things that can go wrong with that money yep. by the time it gets into your hands. Yep. Um, and sometimes by that time, you've had so much overhead and so much, you know, you've had to send to collections or you've had to put a lean, pre-lean or whatever. You're, now you're not making anything on the job. Right. Right. You've had to pay your sales guy. You've had to pay your subs. You've had to pay the proper. You've had to pay me. You've had to pay. And you got nothing. So this is what I'm hearing. So we kind of got involved with CAM. We got some lawyers on, on board. We, we hired a lobbyist. We started to get active at the Capitol. And uh, we tightened that up. And I think I would, suffi I would say that I don't hear that as much anymore, at least. And now, granted, there are still, every once in a while, there'll be some insurance companies that are still dragging their feet. But I think for the most part, we're not seeing the three and four month uh, deal anymore. You know, it, it's it, usually within 60 days. We tried to get some legislation passed that would, that would compel them to do it within mm -hmm. 60 days. But it was very difficult to get that through the legislature, um, as everything is. Yeah. difficult to get through the legislature but that was really what kind of sparked my interest in it was to how can i help my customers be a better customer of mine right right you know because it's not that they're bad people no or that I they're mean, but but then what happens sanan is you start making bad decisions yes when you're broke and you don't and you've got to rob peter to pay paul no, all of I, a sudden you're taking jobs and you're taking those front end checks and you're paying a job you completed three months ago i know and, I, and I, that's what got so many guys into problems in 2010 2011 12 through that range i i always um i always knew i always used to tell ennis um you know when <clears> storm <throat> comes like let's not bite more than we can chew you know, and it was, there was for, for a few moments, especially when the Blaine storm went uh, recently. Yeah. Not recently, but it's like well, four or five years five ago, years ago yep. right now. Um, we had so many claims that we were dead broke for mm -hmm. good nine months. Mm -hmm. And I was like, scary Ennis, position to be in. I, I, I'm dying here, man. I'm like, I, what, what can we do to speed this up? You know, A, work is done. Subs are paid, materials paid for, and mm -hmm. I am barely making our payroll. Mm -hmm. You know, our line of credit maxed out, my mm -hmm. credit card maxed out. Mm -hmm. You know, in the meantime, and you're the owner. You're not getting. You're not paying yourself. No, I, but <laughs> you're I'm, not I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm dying over here. Like, yep. you know, I'm like, there's no way. You know, and they're like, do you want more jobs? I don't want more jobs. I, I cannot, I cannot keep this going. You know, and it took us a good six months to argue with the insurance companies to, to start collecting some of those, you know? Yep. And then yep. I believe like it, it came to the point where it was like at the end of the year, you know, and it's just about to, all of it is going to get closed out. All of a sudden, magically, like end of the year, end of the tax year, they cannot hold on to the money, I guess, anymore, or whatever the heck they're doing, you know, mm -hmm. like 10 checks appear, you know? Well, for every day they hold your money, how many millions if not billions of dollars across the country are they making right you now so that's the game on their end is to close the payout so you know i think through some of our lobbying efforts at least here in minnesota um, uh, and some of our threats of legislation mm -hmm. against the insurance companies they realized they they didn't have a winner there by mm -hmm. they had no reason 
to delay the final payment. Right. None. Right. In most cases, they had no yeah. reason. Yeah. I mean, you it's know. already the scope of work has been determined. The, job, the work's been upon. done. Work's been done. What are you waiting for? Right. You know? And it's like the, they're waiting. They're waiting for the bank account to to, to get fatter. <laughs> I know. You know that's the game. But again, uh, and look, I'm not I'm not begrudging anybody making money. But come on, we all got to live here. You, that's the thing. You're running basically the what we did is we went to the Capitol. We told legislators they are putting people out of business. Yep. They're putting our guys out of business, and here's why. Yep. And, the, and before that, we never had a voice. Our industry, the exterior side. Now you had BAM. You had the yep. Builders Association yep. of Minnesota, but that's builders. Yep. That's new construction. They're much stronger, much bigger lobbying than what right. we are. We were never able to get our guys together, our exterior guys. They're always fighting over the next job. And, oh, yep. that, that guy took my sign down and put another sign up. And right. he knocked on the door after I had my sign. You know, I'm like, all right, okay. You know, so all the infighting, it kept divide and conquer. You ever heard of that, well, of right? Of course. It's exactly the, that's exactly what the insurance companies were, re, were relying on. And it was allowing mm. them to get away with a lot of things. Um, I, I feel like insurance companies, as much as as much as they are telling us, and they have been telling us that, hey, we we cannot talk policy and we cannot talk um, whatever. Why in the heck are they doing our work and telling us what we should do and well, what our install process be, should be? Well, you know, it's like I almost feel like even that needs to be tightened up a little bit. Um, and that they're, they're, I feel like they're getting away with murder with people who are not educated. Yeah. And then when we so, come in, they know a little bit about it. Sorry yep. not, to, not to interrupt. No, you're, thought, no, you're right. But like that we know a little bit about it. And then we come and they're like, oh, you're, you're you know, like the response that, that some of them will tell our clients is like, he's gouging, you know? Right. It's like, no, I'm not right. gouging. Right. So, so with the onset, so a lot of that you, you unpacked a lot there and, yeah. you, and you said a lot and, and, that, and that's true. Um, for the insurance companies to continue the way they're working, they need to separate the doctor from the patient, right? Mm -hmm. The homeowner from the contractor. Mm -hmm. Most of these insurance companies and insurance adjusters have never held a hammer. Yep. They don't I know yep. anything. I, I, I will say I've not. Yep. So I, I don't, but I don't pretend to, that, to that tell you how to do that. your job. Yep. Well, they're trying to separate that out and tell you that you can't advise a homeowner as to the proper way to fix the job for whatever reason it, it, it is, is, is really the only way they can keep pulling the wool over the homeowner's eyes with mm -hmm. their policies. Right. And not, and because the homeowner doesn't know. And it's so easy for a homeowner, you know, another reason that I joined CAM really was to try and change that perspective. So, you know, you, you, uh, if you went out and, and surveyed 100 homeowners, I guarantee you 99 of them say they don't trust a contractor. Right. You know, right. And 99, like, 99 and the one was the, probably a contractor himself, right? You happen to get lucky and you got a contractor homeowner. Right. Outside of that, I mean, I guarantee you 90, 95% of them would say, no, I don't trust contractors. Right. Why is that? Is that because the insurance companies are good hands people and they're like your good neighbor and they're on your side and, <laughs> and all this stuff? Right. That's all marketing. That's Where all do you think jingle. they get the money to get yeah. that to market, right? I mean, that's, that's what they're... So they have brainwashed these homeowners and, well... My insurance company, sure, certainly. I've been paying them for 20 years. I've been paying them my deductibles. Yep. And, 
you know, if you, if you add that up over 20 years, you've paid them $100,000 in deductibles, right? Or whatever right. it is, 50,000. And they won't, they won't pay, you know, the 10 or 12,000 to fix your roof, right. to fix your roof, you know, and, but then they want to blame the contractor and say, well, he's charging too much. So some, some things have happened to stabilize some of that. Xactimate was kind of adopted by most contractors as the Bible of pricing, which I'm, I'm a little leery of doing that only because so it's owned that, by the insurance that, companies. So that's the thing. That's the thing. But like, you know what? I, I got to say like Xactimate is not the easiest to use and it's not the no. friendliest to use in any way, shape or form, but it's almost like the way that they use it and the way that you get your first portion of that estimate. And if you don't know what you're doing and if you're not yeah, like, okay, if, if it was, if it's somebody who's just in construction and doesn't understand the entire scope of kind of what's, what's coming mm -hmm. with that, mm -hmm. what, what insurance is trying to give you mm -hmm. is usually like, you know, sometimes even, third to, to, to half missing yep. off of that. Yep. And, and then you, you go to home and it's like, well, my insurance is paying me this. Can you do it for this? Right. And I'm like, no. Because it always used to be insurance proceeds, right? Yeah. Here's the insurance yeah. proceeds. Uh, but you, you may do the scope of work and realize there's a code issue. Mm -hmm. Now you've got to figure out, well, is the homeowner paying for that code, minimum code? Yep. Because you're not allowed to do subcode work, right? You can't do subpar work. You no lose way. your license, yeah. right? The insurance company doesn't want to pay for the code for the code improvement yep. because that's more money for them, and it was maybe directly related to the storm, right? Yep. Um, however, you can't do the work on what was damaged by the storm unless you upgrade—not upgrade, but bring up to code minimum. Exactly. The whatever the, the issue whatever is. It, whatever the yeah. issue is, right? Could be decking on the roof, could be sheathing on the sidewall, whatever it is. Um, valleys, it could be ventilation, it could be whatever, you know, whatever the, whatever the so many code, things. whatever the code uh, issue is. Uh, so that, so that, that, that kind of, you've got another uh, issue with insurance companies that uh, doing that's, that's actually what we're fighting right now is, is code minimums and requiring them. We're actually getting ready to pass a piece of legislation, hopefully next session. It didn't get through committees this session, but we get, we had a hundred percent support from both sides of the fence. Um, so is, so is this, what, what this will do, let me finish before sure, I lose sure. my train of thought, is, is uh, Statute 65A-10, uh, um, which, which, which basically tells you how you have to conduct yourself in the market, things you do. It's very ambivalent on uh, codes, and it doesn't really compel the insurance companies to pay for code minimums. And there was a case that went through the Supreme Court just this last year called uh, St. Matthews versus State Farm, where they had a roof leak that damaged some drywall in the basement. Well, when they tore, they were going to cover all this, right? I was right? about to ask him about that. And when they, okay, I, I was trying to get yeah, there yeah, in a yeah. fluid way here to tie it all together. But uh, when, when they got, when they, when they tore the drywall off, the roof, you know, they covered, no problem. They got to the drywall, they pulled the drywall off while there was a concrete, uh, the foundation uh, behind the drywall that was definitely not code. It was going to need to be repaired before they could put the, 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 the structure back together. Um, one thing that's kind of come to light, first off, it lost in a 4-3, in a, in a well, only lost by one vote, uh, so it was very close. But it, it gave the insurance companies a, an angle that they may not have to, to cover code. Now they have precedent, right, mm -hmm. that they may not have to cover code minimums. 
and they push that back on the on the uh, on the church in this case. Well, some other things have come to light since, and in, in this particular um, um, case, they knew that the wall had issues behind the drywall prior to the storm. It had they had already tried to get it covered, and that's kind of why the insurance companies were kicking back a little bit. So there was a little bit of a gray area there, mm -hmm. but the way that the ruling comes down. It does still open the door for insurance companies to put um, to put into their policy that they won't cover the, those types of, of minimums, which is a huge cost to the homeowner or the business or the church or the whatever. Right. Um, and then who pays? You know, the contractor and the contractor can't do the work, mm -hmm. right? Um, because you can't. You, we're not putting drywall back over the wall. That's that's um, that's not a, it's sub code. You know, subpar. Right. That is a game changer for them. I feel like it yeah. gives them a upper, like it, it doesn't. I, I feel like that was our that was our one argument that we had that as contractors that we we had only that that's that's when you when you answer that to them it's like I can't do this because a it's not legal and it, it can jeopardize my license and I cannot mm -hmm. finish it. I will not pass this inspection that's necessary yep. for Correct. it. And that's why I'm asking for this. I'm not asking right. for any other reasons. You know, I'm not trying to blow up every, I feel like with them, it's like every scope of work that we do is like, oh, they're just, make, they, they're just making it bigger. They want more, they want, and, you know, it's not that. It's just that like, I don't wanna, what, what you're asking for me is to put my name on it, my company's reputation and, and, and uh, take that liability on. Yep. And you're not asking what that's going to cost me if that fails, yep. you know, down the line. Or it, it, for some reason, the way that you're suggesting that I do it, you know, is, is going to cost me millions down the road if I get well, sued or if I do, if something happens that, you know, I affect even big, make a bigger problem. Well, and, the, and, and if you knowingly, I mean, at that point, yeah. you, you couldn't because you, you would knowingly be doing Come something against, your, against yeah. the code of conduct. Um, that you have for your license, right? Exactly. To hold your license. Dolly would be after you. You'd be oh done. My God, You'd yeah. never exactly. sell anything again. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's like, I don't want to put jeopardize my entire business over this. Yeah, know? right. Any deal. Right. Right. Um, I think with our legislation that we have, we've got it drawn up. We're, again, it didn't make it. They had a lot of other things that they wanted to put through this year. Mm -hmm. there, there were a lot of other social issues that they were focusing mm -hmm. on. The, the, the pot and the transgender and all that stuff yep. that they've been focusing on, um, whatever. Um, that's what they kind of went. So we, we kind of missed the cut on okay. that. So we, they've got a year now, right? So w when next session starts here in the, in the fall, uh, we, can, we can try to get that through committee and get it onto a vote hopefully early next year, in which case it, the earliest it could go into effect would be August of 2024. Which again, our legislation would tighten up that 65A10 statute. That it, just by adding a couple of sentences at the end of it, it basically draws it all together, ties up the ends, and makes and compels the insurance companies to uh, to bring thing, to to pay for code minimums okay. to pay for code minimums. So we're hoping we're hoping that 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 path, we have like I said we had 100% our day at the Capitol that we did on March uh, 16th this year. We had almost fifty contractors. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask here. you about that, how that went. I, I so badly wanted to go, but yeah, I know you weren't able yeah, to, yeah. and that's unfortunate because I think you would have enjoyed it. Um, we we had uh, we had really good turnout. Like I said, we had almost fifty, uh, you know, forty eight, something like that, that showed up. Um, we were almost 
everybody was able to get a meeting with at least one of their legislators. We do this every year. We, we yep. go up to the Hill. We set up appointments with legislators. I was able to speak to both of my legislators, my senator, my, my uh, representative, neither of which I voted for. Um, <laughs> but they're there. But they're there. And, yep. and honestly, regardless of what side of the aisle you are personally uh, on the political spectrum, when it comes to uh, laws and local, when it comes to local politics, you'd be surprised who the, the people are that you need to actually, mm -hmm. that you're on the same side with. Um, when you're talking about small business, you typically are, you're going to get to the ear of the DFLers. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're talking about the insurance companies and the big business and corporations, you're typically, yep. the, the Republican side is, the conservative side is, is more leaning toward that. Yep. And, and personally, I'm more, I lean more that way. But in this, in this regard, as I got more involved in CAM, I had to look at things a little differently. Right. And I had to start, I had, we had, you have to work with both sides. Right. Right, right. It's it's so crazy when um, you put put. That but they're not in. as far away yeah, as you think yeah, they are. They are. You're yeah. not as far. We're not as separated as you think we are. I have a feeling. On some issues, we are. Yeah, but I have a feeling but, it's also the entire parties have put that in that we're so more different than we are. Yeah. Um, and that like them versus us I, I, gives them more credibility. I think we could again divide and conquer. Our government's doing it, the exactly. same thing again as the insurance companies. I feel and. And I think that uh, when you really sit down and talk to a person, and if you didn't know what's where they were, and you just talked about issues, and you might figure out real quickly where the, some differences were, but I think you'd also find out a lot of similarities mm -hmm. where people would actually agree uh, on more exactly. things than, exactly. than, than, than you would think they do. Yeah. So I think the divisiveness um, is some somewhat of a uh, is is not real. Mm -hmm. It's it's not real for sure at the ground level with me and yeah. you. It's real to use as a dividing factor on TV. Yeah. You know, well, I had to stop and, watching and, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, we just turned that off. I got I gotta say, like, I completely stopped. Yeah. Um, for yeah. I think around COVID is when I yeah. had a mental breakdown. <laughs> just had you know? to quit. And I, I did. Yeah. I did time because with it came to the point where, like, you know, what's happening here. Um, it was so crazy that at, at certain time, you know, over one night, whatever we have sold business-wise has just evaporated. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, all these yeah. people, you know, we just recently, you know, got into this building. I'm like, how in the hell? Like, everything well, everything I worked so hard for is yeah. just about to disappear, and I had no say in it. I, yeah. None of, like, you yeah. know. Like, but thankfully, it, it didn't. Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully, and and I will take again. I think Cam will take part of this credit when we, when initially COVID started and they shut business down. Uh, contractors were not an essential worker. I know. So we fought very hard. We we actually went uh, to the Capitol. We had our our uh, our legislators that we had relationships with, and we kind of bent their ear a little mm -hmm. bit. We had our lobbyists go and say, look. This is essential work. Uh, somebody gets a roof leak. Somebody has a pipe burst during COVID. What you, you say? Well, they can't go out and fix yep. it. I mean, this yep. is essential work, right? And uh, within the first month of yep. that, that it was cleared up, and oh we were like, God. "Boom, we can I do can't it." Tell you, I can't you know, tell you, like I think I, I, I got it. 
It saved our industry. Oh, in this you market. have no idea. It saved my sanity. Like I, I it saved a lot of my customer sanities and I, my I, own. I was like, I was like, okay, hold on. Um, yeah. There's a sheet that I got to print out that it <laughs> says I'm essential worker. Like if I get pulled over for something, I'm yep. like, hell, give it to yeah. everybody. You know, it's like I right. need that. I want to be. I want to be out there. But but yes, that was so. That was another big uh, feather in in our in our cap. You know, so we've done we've done some good things with Cam. Um, That's awesome. I wanted to ask you, I just heard about, uh, literally about a week ago, I had a gentleman stop by and I, and I didn't give him a time of the day because a lot of people just uh, are solicitors, but now I regret it and I wish I just talked to him. And, and he kind of caught me off guard. I had an appointment. I'm like, dude, you have no appointment. Sorry, I can't talk to you. He's like, this is really going to affect you. You need to know about this. Okay. And I said, how about I'll call you, give me a business card, I'll call you back, which I will. And I, I, just, I just heard a little bit more about it on... on um, Minnesota Housing First about this new, um, I, I don't know if it's if it's like law that they want to pass or that they want to implement or whatever is going on that like supposedly right now for um, GCs to be able to audit their subs and yep. almost like it would treat our like depending on on, on some of our subs like what who, who are they paying out. If they're paying out their employees, we're like, why should we be responsible for somebody else's business and auditing their books? Yep. It's like, correct. I, I feel like, okay, if you let somebody start a business, yep. why are you making that my responsibility? So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> is Cam is Cam involved in that? Absolutely. Oh okay. no, we've actually and, stalled it. We've stalled it twice now. It's not okay. been passed. So okay. it's called the wage theft law. Is okay. what their uh, wage theft bill okay. right now. It's not a law. Um, and it's in its third or fourth iteration now since it came out, which initially, initially the way it read, and we've had three lawyers read it, and they said, yeah, this basically eliminates 1099 employees. Everybody's an employee. 1099 subs. Everybody's yeah. an employee now. Yep. Um, what this stemmed from, Sinan, was the Viking Stadium. Okay. So I don't know if you remember the issues they had with the Viking Stadium on their siding. But it uh, still looks like crap, it, I think. It, I mean, holy, I agree. it's and I terrible. I saw that they were fixing, like, grand opening, fix the siding. Yep. Next summer, like, rip more, off half the More building. repairs. Yeah, yep. yeah. So they had three or four sub. They had subs of subs of sub. And then subs, like, I don't want to do it. He hired somebody else to do it. And then they, oh, he hired somebody else to do it. Well, what happened was, is you got two or three, four subs down the line. The last guy never got paid. The last two or three guys never got paid. First guy, GC, got paid. He paid his subs. They got paid. This guy didn't pay this guy. So therefore, this guy didn't pay this guy. So now you've got these guys complaining, hey, we didn't get paid. They stole our wages, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm -hmm. that's why they call it the wage theft yep. law, the wage theft bill. Um, and so what we said was, look, you well, first off, if you do this the way this is, you, you just basically eliminated every independent contractor in the state. Mm -hmm. Because there's not a single one the way that we do business now, because most 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 independent contractors are paper contractors. They own the license, they take the test. They're not out slinging the hammer. Right. They're running the business. They're sales guys. Yep. They sell the job. They deal with the homeowner. They deal with the insurance companies. They deal with the product. Someone else installs that product. Right. Right. Not somebody that works for them, right? Somebody that has their own business, right? That you hire as a sub, right? Yep. This would have eliminated that ability to do that. It would have said, well, once you hire him, now you have him on your books. And that, that's basically, you have to say, hey, 
you got to look at his books and say, did you pay all your guys? Yep. Did you do this? Who the hell has time to do that? Excuse my French, but who has time to do that? I agree. You don't have time to keep track of your own books half that's, the time. That's what I was just And now you're going to do this guy, and then you're going to do this guy. What if you had two subs down? It's like, the, I'm not, you, I mean, come on. So, so to it's me, ridiculous. To me, right away, um, I thought of, okay, from our standpoint, you know, in our business, yep. our electrician, our plumber, our HVAC guys, uh, they're all yep. licensed, and they do their own stuff on their own yep. that we hire as subcontractors. I'm, I, I don't have time to look at their books. And, no, I, they should even, be running their business. Exactly, exactly. Yep. But then when I'm thinking roofing, siding, windows, you know, like all of my other subs and exteriors, it's like, and I might have three sets of them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but they don't just work for me. You know, no, they work for, for, for 10 or 15 seven other, people. other of us, yeah. you know, that are like me. So, so that was the first, the first go at it, right? So we went back, we're like, uh, no, yep. this is not good. And we raised hell and. And so they came back with another one and said, well, we're going to put this exclusion in this. So they added a line that basically said that uh, single family or duplexes in standing, single standing alone duplexes, one duplex, not an apartment complex, mm-hmm. would, be, would be absolved of that. So, they, so, so you're good if you're just doing single family homes or a duplex here and there. The problem is more and more people are getting involved in HOAs and trying to get involved in apartment complexes and selling uh, whole um, homeowners associations right. and this and that, right? They would still be sub, they sub- would still be, yep, they would, under that, under the way it is currently right now, they would, they would be under that new law. Um, and that would, again, take, uh, there's a whole sector of our industry you know, a handful of guys, that's all they do. Yeah. You know, um, that's, that, I mean, so I, it would, again, it would destroy the way that, well, and then, you know, here's the thing, <clears throat> these multifamily homes, these multifamily, if that's the way they do it, they're just going to be in sh- 10 years from now. Nobody's going to want to do that work. Nobody's going to be able to do that work. Your, your housing market yeah. is done. Yeah. And these are multifamily lower income homes typically. Right. And they, on one hand, they want to raise up more, they want more homes and more, sustainable, you know, homes for lower income. But then on the other hand, they want to jam and somebody doing the, repairs and, and, and things of this nature. So I, I, I'm going to say something. They're, they're, they're hurting their own cause. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say something on record right now that, that you know, I, I, I used to hear all the time. And people would complain about working with certain cities. And I found that to be so awkward. It's like, why would you, like, I had no problem working there. You know, I have no problem. Bloomington. I have no, well, there's few. There's few. (laughs) Richfield. So so we go, we we go and, 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 and we buy, um, we buy few lots in city of Minneapolis. And then we buy a lot in Crystal and we, go and apply for permits to start two new construction builds, homes. Um, you know, this is all coming to like, it's necessity for this, necessity for that, necessity for this, necessity for that. You know, low-income housing, uh, bring anything in. You know, when we, when we took an approach on doing the multi-units, you know, we got yelled at, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and this is like right before they passed that you can have the, the, you know, build your garage out into a, you know, apartment if you needed to, right. or what have you, the 2020 before, is it a 20 vision 2020 or I whatever they was, call it? I think that's like what that. it was. So we in crystal on the same day, I had my project manager go apply for a permit in Minneapolis and apply for a permit in crystal. 
we have gotten our permit and, and, and built the house and finished the house with some delays in <laughs> Crystal, we haven't got our permit, permit approved in the city of Minneapolis. Oh, good Lord. <clears throat> and, and, and after we built that home and after we went through everything else when we were done, we turned around and I looked at the, the people that we bought lots with and I said, I'm, I don't want to do this. I'm selling these lots. Yeah. I don't want to. There's no way. Not that I was looking for an incentive. And there were so many things that, that, that were there that were just stopping the progress and not allowing you to do your job. And I feel yep. like the same way right now, it's like you cannot bring more regulations on me and bring right. more like how I should, I'm, how am I going to be in charge of somebody else? Right. But at the same time, you want me to produce this amount of whatever is necessary for us on the shortage that we have in housing. Yeah. We don't build a lot it, of new, it, but I know it, a lot of guys that do, and that's yeah. their livelihood. And as you regulate, you slow the process down more, right? Right. And, and, and what's the old adage? Time is money. Exactly. And you waited, a, you know, how you had a whole house built before you could even get, I mean, that land's been sitting there. It may have devalued <laughs> in the time that you, it probably didn't, land usually doesn't. But you'd, but, you'd never, God it but you'd never know. But we could have went in so many know. different directions about this and, and have it fall apart right in, in front of our eyes if we were not yep. so consistent, persistent and try to do it. And right. we finished it and I just said, you know, let's walk away from this. It was a lesson that, you know, but it's like wherever you turn around, it's like, oh, Minneapolis needs this or certain cities need this and this and this. Yep. But there's like so much that's being, you know, like, ah, you can't do that. Right. We want you to do it this way, you know. So... Yeah. So going back, uh, so a couple of things that we've that we've talked about, and and and, and just going back a little bit on Xactimate, and I'll get to what you just said uh-huh. on Xactimate. Another thing that Cam does, and what we've done the last five years, is we've trained almost 400 people on how to use Cam, or how to use Xactimate wow. uh, through Cam. So we do a class usually twice a year. It's a two-day class. It gets yeah, you, we, you can we, either take certification or you can take the uh, you can take the class and just learn how to how to do your scope of work a little bit. Cause like mm-hmm. you said, you miss, you might, you, you might miss a third of what you actually could ask for. And if you can ask for that stuff up front and not have to wait to supplement it on the back, um, you're, you're, you're going to get that first check mm-hmm. quicker than you're going to get that last check. Right. right. Um, and you're waiting for homeowners to sign off on it and whatnot. Right. Um, and I know there's some, there's some lawyers right now working on trying to get it to where, uh, the the contractor's name is on that final check so that the homeowner uh, can't cash it without mm-hmm. the contractor. Once the contractor has been assigned to the job, that money is actually yours. You're doing it for insurance proceeds. We tried to go down, Cam tried to go down that road about 10 years ago, and we hit a big wall. Uh, so we'll see. I know there's another group out there right now, some lawyers that are trying to do that, which I think is a great effort. Mm-hmm. Go for it. It's not costing Cam anything. You go for it. Yep. You do your thing. So that, that's just to make a point on the Xactimate. So if you've got somebody that's you know struggling with Xactimate or needing to learn more about that, we offer a level one, level two class almost every year. So wow. um, you know, obviously there's a cost to that, but we're we're at a substantial discount. Um, so then the other the other thing you're talking about with um, uh, municipalities, we also have a really really close relationship with with uh, Rum River Consulting. And the person that own, that runs and owns Run River Consulting um, is a uh, I don't know if I, I guess Andy Schrader I guess I'll mm-hmm. say his name Andy Schrader um, he is a um, he's a uh, building inspector okay so they're a consulting building inspecting firm but he knows every building inspector in the state mm-hmm. 
I was having an issue with a building inspector in Winona, of all places. I had a guy doing business down there, having a problem with this, you know, he wanted, uh, he said that uh, if the windows came with a factory nail fin that you couldn't snap the nail fin off and do a, and do a pull through uh, jam install, which is absolutely not true. Um, you can, yeah. and, and it's not the building inspector's job to make that call. Well, it's, the, it's the window manufacturer's, manufacturer's job yeah. to make that call. This guy fought my customer for six months, would not approve the work, would not approve the house, wanted him to tear all of the windows out and put all new windows in because he had taken all the nail fins off. I had a letter from Hayfield that even said, hey, um, we ship all of our windows with nail fins. They're yeah. just flat. You snap them off they, yeah. or they slide yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. It's, it happens every single day. It doesn't change the warranty. Right. Because this guy had the homeowner thinking, man, this is subpar work. This contractor installed all these windows wrong, and now they're not warranted. There's no warranty, which was had this guy all worked up. Yep. I called Andy, and I explained the situation to him. He goes, I'll give Jim a call right now. He knew right who it was. Mm -hmm. He called him. Two days later, it was approved. Wow. So we have some connections. We have yep. some people that we know. That's another good reason to be involved with CAM. No, um, I know sure. we're kind of we're kind of switching back and forth on topics here, but as I'm thinking of it, I wanted to get that out there because I, I um, gotta tell you that right now, you know, even though I I I was like hesitant to join and hesitant to come in, right now I'm looking forward to events, looking forward to speakers, looking good. forward to to like our. Um, I I just gotta tell you that the amount of information on on the yearly continuing education that you guys provide has been not to knock some other places where you could get continuing education but the topics and relevancy of topics and mm -hmm. what actually will help a a businessman like myself and and in this business and in this industry and a relevancy of how you can use it and apply it in your everyday was mind-blowing mm -hmm. to me compared to you know other places i went for for certain thing that a isn't pushing product or pushing right irrelevant uh information that i feel like it's light years behind and yep. or it's like i remember doing this class like four years ago yeah and i'm doing it again just to continue i'm not learning it i'm not getting any further for, with right. it you know it's not doing any anybody any good but the state is pushing me to go to my continuing education and do this and yet you know the relevancy of it is not there anymore. We try to we try to have so we uh, so it's kind of nice because I work for MacArthur obviously and I mm -hmm. and I, I deal with Cam and I'm, I I sit on the board and kind of run their events. So it's a nice team up because I team up with my own company. Mm -hmm. We hold a, a joint CE class, which is mm -hmm. what you have been to the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know Terry Taylor, my boss, our branch manager for uh, Ramsey and Bloomington that helps to organize that for me. Um, she does a great job of keeping things fresh. So uh, Jim and Sean, Jim, uh, Sean, uh, Alden, Pearson, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, the, the presenters, they do a good job of refreshing that every year. Yep. They don't get, uh, so I know a lot of these people that do the C classes, mm -hmm. they've had the same uh, cookie cutter canned program they send it in because that right. has to get approved every year by Dolly yep. so they send it in Dolly approves it 
every year to Hillary Prison. Well, so, you know, th these guys will try this. They send a new program in every single year. So yep. I think that's what you're exactly. kind of, re kind exactly. of what you're getting at. Um, and one of the reasons that we use them is that they are fluid. They go to what your current situations are. They'll talk about, you know, the current insurance problems like with Sean Stevens. They'll talk about, all oh, they'll talk about the current, um, you know, legal issues that you have. Um, you that's know, that's the part, install issues. That, that's the part that just kind of makes a full circle of, um, as we started talking about you, MacArthur, and and other parts that you guys are involved in that take ownership of all of us, all of our jobs, all of our clients, all of the things that are out there that might affect or not affect our businesses, and or you know we're we're trying to. I feel like it's a it's a it's a better, tighter-knit community that are working towards a, a same goal. And that's what I truly appreciate about you and, 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 and MacArthur and a couple of these last years that we have um, started utilizing you guys a lot more um, than, than somebody else because I feel like it's coming. Um, there's, there's something deeper always with it and there's, there's a, a better connection with us and our client is your client. I, you're mm -hmm. always a phone call away, no matter what kind of crazy ass question I might have. Like, Todd, this is what I, or like how many times did I call you and be like, Todd, shit, I forgot why I called you. I know you're calling me back, but I forgot why I called you. You know? So hey, dude, like, we all got a lot of balls in the air, right? Yeah, We're juggling yeah. multiple things. So I get it. I, uh, I, I forget, I'll lose my train of thought midway through a sentence. That's why I had to keep, that's why I had to keep rolling there when you were talking. I'm like, I want to make sure I stay on point here. Yes. Otherwise, I'll forget what I was going to say. I know, I know. <laughs> it's just that there's so many things happening. That, yeah, but you know, and, and going back to you asking why I got involved with Cam and what you just said is exactly why, because I feel it separates me from other, other sales reps to do my job. And believe me, I've tried to get the ABC reps. I've tried to get the Lyman Lumber reps. And we've had a few of them come on mm -hmm. through the board, sit on the board, then leave, come back, you know. Um, Beacon, uh, America, you know, all of my, all yeah. of my competitors. It's kind of a weird situation for me because mm -hmm. I, I'm actually recruiting my competitors to I come know. in and sit at the table. But but that's what we're asking you to do as well, right? Mm -hmm. We're asking you to sit down with your competitors and come. Let's we can all, we can all, if we if we group together mm -hmm. and we band together, we can get more accomplished. I, um, I so that's that's the biggest thing, you know. It's but but for me, part of the reason that I did it was I saw an opportunity to separate myself from my competitors mm -hmm. uh, further. Yep. You know, I, I had the MacArthur feather in my cap. I got the cam feather in my cap. I got a couple. I got thirty years in the business. Yep. You know, so I, I feel like some if, things if, I can. If if a lot of contractors would see it through that lens, you know that there's like number one, there's enough business for all of us out there. Yep. You don't have to undercut anybody. And nope. and, and one thing that that blew my mind in this is one rep approached me once, and I'm just gonna say. Like any rep that approaches you and tries to sell you something comes up with so-and-so is shit. This is why my product is good. This is why my product is this. This is why my product is this. There was this, you know, um, client that requested certain products from me that I had no idea about and a rep that came and, and introduced herself and talked to me about it has earned my entire business by the way she presented herself mm -hmm. and said to me what they're all about 
with ever, 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 never using somebody else in her mouth and saying even a, a different company name. Right. And I said to myself at that point in time that my goal is going to be never no matter what my feelings are about somebody, never down talk any of our competition. Nope. If it's, it, and I'm like, there's no competition to me. I don't, I don't feel like I have, I have people that do the same things as I do, but they're not my mm -hmm. competition. I do it a little bit differently. And I don't want to, I, I don't have that competition because I don't feel like that's a competition to me. You know? and, and, and there's I, enough of us out there doing it that we all can find a place and, and, and our personalities and the way we offer yep. service and everything else is going to be relevant at, you know, to a certain person more than to the other, depending yeah, on... You, you you'd know. mentioned earlier, you couldn't remember exactly how we met, and it was through mm -hmm. Brandon at Milwaukee. And uh, Brandon brought me in. He goes, I'm going to go call on these guys. I'm like, well, I've seen their trucks or whatever. I don't really know who they are or anything mm -hmm. about them. And he's like, oh, you'll like Sanon and Annas. And I remember the first time, you know, came in and we sat down, and I'm like, I don't think we talked about any products or anything. Mm -hmm. Like, we talked about his stuff, and then we started talking about where you were from and where I was mm -hmm. from, and we just... And the next thing I know, you're like, okay, I got to go. And we're like, we, we, I didn't even try to sell you anything. You yeah, know? I mean, I, yeah. I, but I, I did really feel like I was there. I was there more to sell you on me. Because mm -hmm. I figure if I can sell you on, on me, hey, buddy, if I can, if I can sell you on, on me and you want to try to give me a shot to do more business, then I'm going to have the opportunity. And then once you give me the opportunity, then that's my time to grab it by the throat and kind of. Choke it out, you know, and take like, it, take like, it the rest of the way. But exactly. But uh, you know, I think it also helped that Brandon and I, you know, had just met each other. But he mm -hmm. really wanted to get me in front of some of his guys because he liked the way that MacArthur and and I do business. Mm -hmm. And so he had some key guys that he got me in front of, and and I'm still selling you and and a couple of the other guys today. So they've turned into good relationships. And to kind of get back to that story, the person that did tell me that was Katie. Katie Siani. Like Katie Siani. She, I love Katie, man. I, I used to I deal with Katie, she's, Katie for she's years. She's amazing. She was amazing. Yeah. She left that positive. She's in the thing same place where Brandon is. She yeah. just recruited him. So. Yeah. I just found out about that a little bit ago. <sighs> it was a I'm tough one. I'm going to miss but, Brandon, but you know, yeah. I'm like, whatever's better for you, I feel good. It was a lot better yeah. for him. So I, uh, I, there's, there's multiple reasons. Now, one thing, we do vet all of our contractors pretty heavily. Uh, you have to be a member of the BBB. You have to have an A or better rating. Um, you need to be in business at least three years uh, because, you know, 90% of businesses are going to go out of business in the first three years. So that means you've established yourself. Um, we, we check with Dolly to make sure licensures and everything are in place. We check to make sure there's no enforcements, and we do this every year. We vet all of our members as they rejoin. We vet everybody again every year. Um, I do that. I have to. Per I personally go onto the website, Secretary of State, Dolly. I put in the license number. It gives me all the information. It tells me if there's anything crazy. I have only one time had to call a, call one of our members and say, you know, what's going on here? You know, this is you know, it's an uncomfortable situation, but. But we do all that vetting for the homeowner, right? So what we want to try to do is when, some, when a homeowner sees that there's a CAM member at, knocking at their door, it might separate them from the other guy who's not a CAM member. That doesn't necessarily mean the other guy's not a good guy, not a good contractor. What it does mean is that he hasn't, he hasn't put his ring into the hat, uh, hat into the ring, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> hat into the ring uh, to try and get more involved in the industry. 
with CAM and, and he hasn't been fully vetted uh, by a third party organization uh, on top of the BBB, on top of Dolly, on top of um, uh, the uh, Secretary of State when li licensure and all that stuff. So um, we have a very, very close, one of the things I'm probably most proud of with CAM is that when we first started, we couldn't even get the Department of Labor and Industry, Charlie Durenberger was the president at the time, for enforcement. We couldn't even get him to return our call. He absolutely came to our first spring event, stood up in front of everybody and said, I hate contractors. I hate all you guys. You guys caused me so many problems and, and I just hate all of you. And boy, I tell you, you've never heard so many guys yelling and back and forth. And boy, we really, we had to pull some guys back and just, oh, whoa. Oh. This was our first one 15 years ago. Um, now he speaks at every single one of our events and he has nothing but good. He said, this is the, or I didn't realize this was the organization we needed. Yes. And he said, this is what, so you are separating these good guys from the, from the bad actors. You're separating local contractors from, from out of state contractors, right? So another reason that your question is when you have a CAM member, they're a Minnesota contractor. They're not some guy from Denver or from Texas, or from Florida that just happens to have a phone number here in Minnesota, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or a, or a, a, a magnet, magnet on, his, yep. on yep. his truck, right? That's yep. the classic. Um, he's a, they have to have a local brick and mortar shop. Not some guy working out of his basement, not some guy working out of his mom's basement. We yeah. had that yeah. before too. Yep. 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 Uh, <laughs> anything that we do to help our contractors is a home is helping the homeowner. homeowner because let's let's face it the homeowner again like i, I made the, the the analogy before the homeowner is the patient the contractor is the doctor the doctor comes in and says you need a new roof okay that's great well the doctor gets in there and just goes, oh well while, when, while i was in there i discovered this and this and oh by the way you need that and 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 so that's they're able to 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 um to get that you know for the homeowner. So what happens is when insurance companies separate the homeowner from the contractor, you're separating that patient from the doctor and you have the triage nurse coming in saying, well, you're bleeding and you got to, you know, let's put a tourniquet on there and let's just, that's it, you know? And, and so it's more of a patch than a, than a repair um, at that point. Um, and that's kind of what, kind of, you know, it's a soft analogy, but that's kind of what is going on. And so anytime we do legislation that, that helps our contractors get what, they, get what they are deserved, it's really getting what the homeowners deserve because the contractor's helping the homeowner. The homeowner needs a new roof. It also needs a new deck, and you needed the trim, and you needed this, and, and you know, maybe you get it covered, maybe you don't, whatever the insurance is, but there's retail and there's everything else. But... but but really, you're, that's, that's, I would say anything that CAM does to help contractors, that's what we're doing for, for uh, homeowners as well. We are a homeowner-friendly contractor organization. That's really what we are. Yeah. I, I was really excited when I heard that about um, malarkey, and I was like, okay, I, I kind of had a hunch about it a little bit, you know? Um, but I'm like, when, when it, I, I was actually surprised how fast it came out and yeah. I was like okay yeah we're ready for it and it's it's rolling out and yeah it's they, they 
they had already had the testing done a number of years ago mm -hmm. on both of those, and they both were one class higher than what they actually put them out in. Exactly. And uh, which was really smart on their part. It's like, hey, mm -hmm. let's get them out into the market. Now, now in this market, they've already been, you know, malarkeys that were put on three years ago have been through two hailstorms, mm -hmm. two or three hailstorms probably by now, you know, yep. depending on where you are. Yep. Uh, you've been through at least one. Um, and so they, they knew how it would perform, and, um, and it was a good field test for them. Yep. So, so, yeah, they're smart. Malarkey, Malarkey has some, some interesting uh, <laughs> ways to try and separate themselves, the smog reducing granules. I know. You know, the I mean, it's just the, the 3M is, innovation, you know, yeah. I mean, that's kind of cool. Yep. Uh, I can't really explain the, 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 the chemistry behind it, but, uh, you know, um, basically putting a 30 square roof on is like planting two trees, trees as yep. far as filtering um, the air, you know, filtering the air. And, 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 and I think that's pretty cool. Atlas is now, uh, the, uh, uh, Malarkey's, uh, they had a five year, they were the only ones that could mm -hmm. do it, right? Yeah, um, guarantee. That and was now, with the 3M, I yep, think that they had. 3M, they brought with 3M. it in, and, and, and I think they had yep. a kind of like our, since we're bringing it in, it's a. It's Same a with idea. that Streak Fighter yes. that they had, the, the 3M uh, Scotch Guard granules. Yep. Malarkey yep. was the first one to have that. They had them for years. Yep. And now, every uh, not everybody, but others have Atlas as them. Yep. Uh, same thing with the small reducing Atlases now put mm -hmm. those into their shingles as well. Um, there's, some, there's some other. Um, uh, solar reflective shingles and you know cool roofs mm -hmm. and 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 some other things like that that are kind of coming out um, and, and and now that just made me think of something else too really mm -hmm. another another innovation that's coming that hasn't really hit the market yet but is going to is is this GAF solar shingle uh, which is not a solar panel that sits on top of your already existing shingle roof it's actually an integrated shingle system with your regular shingles um, Obviously, it looks different, but mm -hmm. it, it's it's a it's a it's a look of a of a um, of a regular shingle. Is it is I, I think it's a similar concept of what Tesla, Tesla. was kind yep. of pushing. Very similar to yeah. that. Um, very similar to that, except I, I feel like the the uh, GAF one is more of a long. long the, the Tesla one actually looks like it's got little, yep. you know, this one doesn't have the dragon's tooth as much as the Tesla one did, but yep. um, but it still looks phenomenal on a roof. I've seen some of them uh, Florida and out west, obviously in the desert areas in California and in Florida, they've, they've, done, they've already started to do it. Mm -hmm. um, that'll be a fully backed by GAF, like they will, like you wouldn't hire the subcontractor to install it. They have the installer, yeah, yeah. they have the electrician, they have the, you buy the product. Yeah, um, that's, that, that's a little more complex. That's so, yeah, it is yeah. complex, but that, that's, that's coming. Yeah. So I think you're gonna see that in the next, well, supposedly it's gonna be available in this market at the end of the year. Let's just call it the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, and will it be practical the first couple of years? Maybe not. So I think you'll start seeing it really getting sold in this market over the next four or five years. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of like usually what they say. It's a couple of years, but then it takes yep. a little bit just for it yep. to catch catch fire per se. Yep. You know, well, and, and they're only going to set up certain customers initially. You're, you, you know, they're only going to, they're, 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 they're going to, dip a toe in they're going to take mm -hmm. it slow of course um so but uh, but that's an exciting development um look i'm all for green stuff you know in solar mm -hmm. as long as it's uh practical and affordable that's the thing. you know and and uh you know as far as uh you know forcing forcing things uh you know trying to force top down doesn't work no. you need it bottom up and you need yep. to 
you need to build that up. And, exactly. And, and, and that's me, what GAF trying to do. To me, it's more like, you know, I like the innovation part of it. And I like that, like, yeah. you know, malarkey has been a uh, um, disturbing that for quite a bit of years. And, and it was bringing, um, I, I, I'm saying that, like entire industry to start thinking outside of the box a little bit, you know, yep. and bring some of these things in. And I would say, you know, for somebody who is conscientious of that, it just makes it a easier thing that like, okay, I got to do this roof anyways, but you know, maybe I'll pay a little bit extra for this one, right. but it also hits this, 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 and this, and it helps out so much more, you know, with everything else that are, that I align with, you know, Yep. Um, it, it, it makes sense. And, and there, will be, there will be rebates for that. I mean, right now right. there's like a 30% rebate. So that, yep. that's pretty sizable. Even though it's more than 30% upcharge, it yeah. still helps to absorb some of, of that. And if, if you're on the right roof and you're with somebody who is maybe going to put a, a Camelot or a high-end shingle on anyway, mm -hmm. well, that might be right in their wheelhouse. Exactly. Um, you know, depending, as long as they're not in some big wooded area where they never get sun. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you know, there's a time, there's a place for everything, right? No, so that's, it doesn't that work in every situation, but, ain't that the but truth. it's, it's a pretty cool, uh, it is a new and innovative product. So yeah. it's completely different. Well, Todd, I really want to appreciate, I want to thank you and I appreciate yeah. your time for, for doing this with us. For and, sure. And um, I appreciate Always. you for everything that you're doing um, and, and that you are also one of those, I would say, um, suppliers, uh, members of community who, who is pushing us all to do better, uh, to you. be better and, and, and to do better at everything that we do. You know, I appreciate not just, that our relationships, our clients, our suppliers, and everybody else that's involved. So cool. I truly appreciate you, man. Awesome. I appreciate awesome. you too, man. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. Thank you so much.